Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Hello there. On Saturday the 4th of June, Dumpty Dum's very own Derek Fletcher and his team are cycling from Wild Card Brewery in East London to the Dark Star Brewery in Partridge Green in West Sussex. It's about 75 miles. They'll be hot and sweaty. And six of them have never cycled further than the shops before, so they'll be significant chafing. They're raising money for Haven and Macmillan. Now, we know everyone's given very generously to Paul Truman, but if you have any loose change down the back of your sofa, it would be very welcome. Also, if you've got any spare Vaseline, that might be handy too. You can follow them on the Twitters at at Point to Point, and there's details there on how to sponsor them. Go on, think of the chafing. Over the past five years, Slibbing World and Sudbury have taken part in Race for Life in memory of a much-loved member sadly lost to cancer far too young and have raised many thousands of pounds for this cause close to our hearts. Our team, Angel Delights, will be taking part again this year and would welcome your support. Our Just Giving page is justgiving.com slash angel d hyphen l-i-t-e-s or contact at Dusty Substances on Twitter. Thank you. This is Dumby Dumby's show about the reality docudrama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the wall-cracking party that is Royfield Brown and with me I have the evening of bridge with Auntie Cardboard, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Ambridge's evening out, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumby Dumby's Martin from last week. So, well done, Martin, for having two weeks straight. Now, Lucy, <laughs> can you remind our listeners how that won the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the week? Yes, but first, can you tell our listeners why you sound like Deep Throat? Oh, because I'm recording very loudly so I don't wake people up. Oh, you're recording very quietly. What did I just say? Loudly. Did I? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and also I'm still half asleep because I just watched the yes. Monaco Grand Prix on my laptop. But anyway, yes, I'm recording very quietly. Derek's been watching that. Has he? It was mm. a gr- great race. Lewis, Lewis, Lewis did superbly well. Yeah. Brilliant strategy. Um, but Lucy... Yes. This is a podcast about the Sorry. Archers, not about Formula yes. One. No. So in the spirit of things, can you tell our listeners how that won the accolade of Dum De Dummer of the Week? Yes, if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or foreclose on an elfin village, then ring us on 0203-0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Derek has been a bit distracted today as he's watching Formula One. It's been quite rainy in Monte Carlo, but fortunately, Derek's used to a wet lap. 
started off wet, it got dry very quickly. Right? <laughs> As is so often the case. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have a call from Claire, who thinks that Matthew's done the right thing. Witherspoon, who set it up a support group. Cat Brown, who approves of Jack. Yokel Bear, who thinks Johnny's missing out. And Leslie, who wants to know why we're all marrying Pip off. But first, before we get to the Cordoneras, let's hear about Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week with more wailing and gnashing of teeth, so I'm ignoring all that because I'm fed up with it. So there. But what really annoys me is that there was a monster of a Grundy party with terrible singing, Ed reading awful poetry to Emma and someone dancing on the table so violently they cracked Grange Farm. But were we invited? <laughs> no. Were we allowed to stand behind a cordon like Peggy moaning about people being nosy? No. Were we even allowed to earwig through a neighbour's wall? No. We were in a mother and baby unit at the arse end of nowhere listening to Helen failing to bond with baby giddy-up Jack, Tony, Thomas, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Krusty was perilously close to taking Tom back, but then hurriedly came to her senses and shot off after she'd bought him coffee and sandwiches. A crusty roll, in other words. Stop that <laughs> right now, Krusty. A whole meal bap can give off all the wrong signals. More effing rubbish about fairy huts in the wood. Oh no, sorry, elfin rubbish. No, I was right the first time. Yes, apparently everyone's gone off the whole fairy grotto idea now that a fairy public lavatory has arrived, along with fairy wheelie bins, a goblin caravan park, and an elf in bingo hall. Middle-class fairies? Fine. An elderly fairy in an arsenal shirt, and nobody wants to know. Gentrification, eh? Matthew and Pip had a heart-to-heart. It was all very confusing, and as always with a relationship post-mortem, it stopped poor Pip feeling satisfyingly cross, playing Martha Wainwright on repeat and getting wildly unsuitable tattoos. Instead, it completely muddled her up, and Matthew should have just accepted that if you dump someone, just bloody clear off and stop hanging around like a fart in a phone box, as it only makes things worse. But we've <laughs> come across relationship Klingons who make you cry and change the lock simultaneously. He left her with the words, You know a lot of things. So clearly he's been to the Harassment Burns School of Courting. However, he still stayed the night, bizarrely, and Ruth appeared to be more distraught about him leaving than Pip was. Lillian has now entirely given up any semblance of being a financially independent businesswoman and just spends her days in Underwoods and Cheltenham and working out whether or not she can get Justin to fork out for a hairdresser, dry cleaning and vaginoplasty. If Justin won't cough up, she can always ask Bert to have a crack at it as he seems to be the go-to man for every other obscure job in the village. I'm sure a bit of nip and tuck down under would be well within his scope as long as he resisted the urge to put wheels on it. Then Rex caught a whiff of Pip's tears on the breeze, leapt onto his fairy cycle that he parked in the fairy bike rack in the woods and popped up saying hello I hear you are lonely and alone and I'm very sad about that and oh goodness I seem to be dribbling I am sorry no matter how many times Pip thanks him for being such a good friendy friendy and asks him to buy her tampax and check if she's got earwax he will not take a hint well that's his lookout I've got Jazza to worry about he's depressed he's got separation anxiety <laughs> from the pigs Fallon decided to wade into Jazza's Hibernian gloom and co-opted Krusty into another entirely unnecessary Ambridge intrigue. But I'm not going to scoff at it, as the more of that the better at the moment. Jazza and Tom circled each other like a pair of stupid billy goats and called each other a plonker and an idiot, and peace was made, and Fallon and Krusty were smug. Jazza had a private reconciliation with the pigs. We don't know what happened, but we hope they'll all be very happy together. And Tom pulled another surprising hurrah moment out of the bag by telling Pat to stop being self-indulgent, which made me shout, blimey, and well done at the same time. If he's not careful, I shall start liking him. And it's gosling time again for the fair buttocks. Don't you just love gosling time? Don't forget your happy gosling day cards. I don't know whether <laughs> I like gosling or not because I've never gosled. Silent Wayne will not stop talking about Beverly, who he has entirely made up as part of Jolene's constant commitment to create intrigue where it is entirely unhelpful and unnecessary in a bid to create hilarious consequences, which it hardly ever does. Anyway, smitten he is, smitten, if you can be smitten with someone imaginary whose surname is Drains. If you can help it, never ever have a surname that's a verb. And poor Beverly might be going from someone who drains to someone who rogers. Still, it worked for Jolene. The end. <laughs> That was very good this week. I really enjoyed that. Well done. You want to give yourself a round of applause? No, I'm not going to give myself a round of applause. Well, I'm sure a listener out there somewhere is. Um, Very well done. I actually enjoyed all that Kenton and Wayne and Jolene nonsense. It was just a fun distraction, which was just totally bonkers. I loved it. Yeah. Because so... so, Am I right in saying that Jolene has set has told Wayne to create a pretend girlfriend to put Wayne off the track. 
to put Kenton off the to track. To put Kenton off the track because, that he still likes Jolene. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, the whole thing is just too bonkers you know, <laughs> to have and serious so, discussion so, about. So she was looking around the room and, and when he said, what's her surname? She just saw some drains and said, drains. <laughs> <laughs> she could have called her Beverly Pumps, so. couldn't she? That was big worse. <laughs> Beverly, Beverly, Be- Beverly Draft, exactly. <laughs> Beverly Pint, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was just nonsense, but it it kind of got us back to the old kind of arches, and and I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Sort of arches where you sit there going, "What the?" F-? and then listen to it again just to make sure you didn't miss a bit and think, "No, it really was that." Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Um, <laughs> being as um, it's all bank holiday fired, and yeah. you're about to nip off to Rome, uh, yeah. shall we just like crack on with some caller inners? Yeah. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy? Witherspoon. Ooh, that's a break with tradition. He never normally goes first. I know. I'm going in big. (laughs) Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, apologies for the allergy-related hoarse voice. I told you that I wasn't going to call in this week, but I lied. Rule one, the doctor lies. Oh, that's a line by River Song in the final episode of the fifth series of the new Doctor Who. Right, Millie Bell? Anyway, I digress. This will be fairly brief. I'm calling in response to Monday's Archers episode. Despite what we were all hoping, the new baby has not rallied Helen into action. Based on what's happened, it's not surprising that she's not bonding with the baby that shall not be named and is on the verge of a postpartum depression. Yes, it's real to life, but it's like our eyes are being poked with a hot dagger. As Royfield reminded us last week, it goes back to the ill-conceived decision by the powers that be to have had Helen stab Rob. That's when it all went wrong. In the last few weeks, many of us have called in to talk about how difficult it's been to continue to listen. But we do. Why? It's not because we're loyal Archers fans, which we are. If it were merely that, I think our radios and iPhones would be switched off. No, it's because we're loyal Dumpty Dummers and cannot abandon our cohorts. By the way, I stumbled upon a Radio Times article written shortly after the stabbing in which one of those powers that be said that the storyline has a year to run. So, boys and girls, it won't be over in September, but in April 2017. So remember, we're here for each other. Now, Angus, husband, and I are off to the beach. Talk to you next week. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Witherspoon's got a little horse. It's a Shetland pony. No, he's not very well. He's got an allergy. Um, so I reckon, Witherspoon, judging by what you've said, the BBC owes us. Because if people are now listening to us rather than the archers... That's one thing. But they're also listening to the archers only because if they don't, they don't understand what's happening on Dumpty Dum. <laughs> um, so, yes, they probably owe us shed loads in royalties and things. We should probably contact someone about that. Um, and, yes, I agree that we feel like a support group, especially if the damn thing's going to go on for another year or whatever it is. Mm. But it is, it is, I do feel as if the tide, it is slowly receding, though. Mm. I mean, I know it's all going to ramp up again, obviously, in, in September. But uh, now she's found her, her cajones and, and, and um, said to, um, she's going to call him, you know, Jack, Jack, Tony, Archer, 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 Archer. Uh, then, you know, that's that. You missed John sort of, out there. Well, whatever. It's kind of a, a bit of a, a, a shot Phil. across the bounce at Titchy Knob. Yeah. And David. And David. Josh. Yes. Every male Archer ever conceived. <laughs> <laughs> This baby's this got me named after. He's going to have to have business cards a foot long, isn't he, poor little sod? Mm. Um, yes. Uh, but yes, I did feel heartened like that. And I'm not entirely... It was all a bit bewildering how she shouted at Peggy. Peggy said, don't worry about it. And then she, she came. came back in. 
and then and then she seems sorted. to have entirely changed character mm. over but then bearing in mind people have changed character overnight i suppose changing character during the period of peggy having a cup of tea is not that outlandish really mm. i suppose it was the fact that she could actually lose it with her with her grandmother which which made her realize how, how ridiculous she was being i suppose that's what we're supposed to take from it well i d- i didn't know whether it was that or whether it was her saying why will no one listen to me mm. because she was saying to peggy i don't want to hold the baby and then realising she was getting cross with all the wrong people and that she'd forgotten what it was like to be able to shout at somebody and then to go, oh, yeah, sorry, and respect her decision. Do you know what I mean? And then it kind of reminded her because she could never do that with Rob because he would he would make her either apologise or tell her she was mad or whatever. Mm. Um, so the fact that she could just say very, clear, very assertively, this is what I want, and, and people did it you know, sort of jolted that part of her back to life again a bit, maybe. You're very clever sometimes, Lucy. Well, that's, I mean, I don't know. That could be absolute rubbish. Kerry's probably sitting at home going, what? But anyway. It it, it does make sense in a, in a kind of, in a dramatic kind of way. You know, I just put it as, the, you know, the kind of, the nadir of her whole kind of um, thinking on this and the fact that you can't bond with the baby was the fact that a 94 year old grandmother it has come all the way to see her in some prison prisoner uh, mother and baby unit and is holding her son and that jolted her into um you know realizing how ridiculous she's been and the fact that she doesn't need to bond with the child it's not his fault that he exists i don't think you can ridicule yourself into bonding with a child it's getting over that it no no well did i say ridicule ridiculous you said mm. that she, she she identified that she was feeling that you said that she felt that she was being ridiculous you know what I, I i haven't thought this out as well as you so i'm gonna back away from this whole <laughs> string of conversation away. i'm just gonna you know I'm, I'm more than an edgy and i'm clearly backing away and leaving the floor to you when it comes to explaining helen's uh vault farce in, in terms of um you I, know, little I baby see. jack johnny tony anthony bill fat Fred, whatever his name is. Fat and Fred. Fat Fred, yes. <laughs> fat oh, no, Fred. no, it's Fat Paul, isn't it? It's Fat Paul. <laughs> is, he, is, he, is that the new, the new storyline? He's the secret love child <laughs> of Ellen and Fat Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right, next you call is Claire. Hi there, Dumpty Dum, and hello to all Dumpty Dummers. This is Claire from Clapham Calling. It's been a while since I rang in. I was just calling about Pip and Matthew uh, with a long-term plot prediction. I think that Matthew is doing the right thing. I think that if they were in slightly different circumstances, they would be an ideal couple. I think they've got a lot going for each other. But the reality is just the practicalities of geography would make their relationship too difficult and they're doing the right thing by separating and just doing something else. Uh, However, this leaves a tantalising opportunity in about, I don't know, 10, 15 years' time perhaps when uh, Pip and uh, Rex have settled down and had a couple of kids or whatever it is for Matthew to come back on the scene and then to rekindle they're kind of more or less unrequited, um, you know, started before it really got go, stopped before it really got going relationship. Um, so that's my long-term pro- plot prediction for Pip. I think she may, at some much later stage, have a fling with Matthew trying to recapture the relationship they once had. Or indeed, they might cause a massive blow up and end up getting married and settling down long term just because they were the right people but the wrong time at this point in time and later on it won't be a problem. Uh, we will see. So many of my prop predictions don't go right anyway. So there you go. Uh, have a good time, everyone. And uh, I look forward to hearing more Dumpty Dum soon. Thank you. Matthew's done the right thing. Is this Claire from Rhode Island? No. Oh, Claire from Clapham. If Matthew came back and rekindled their un, un, unconsummated relationship, well, it wasn't unconsummated, was Probably it? They were being cons- consummated. They were consummating left, right, and centre, as far as I could tell. Mm. Um, that then that that would that would mirror the affair. If she, you mean, if she marries Rex and then and then Matthew goes away and then Matthew comes back and da-da-da. um then yes, that would mirror the cowman, wouldn't it? Like the Lady Chatterley's lover, the cowman's returned. Um, yes, I don't think 
I don't think he. I don't think we ever knew enough about him for him actually to come back. I think he oh, was sort of. Oh, Lucy, you're wrong. He's completely going to come back. He's set he? up to be, re, uh, you know, this kind oh, of. Oh no, he's going to come back and upset Rexy Rex, is he? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. His whole job is that he's some um, farm Disruptive hand for punk. hire, exactly. Um, and he's a, a stand-up guy, as the Americans would say. He's, he's a good guy. He's backed out for all of the right reasons, which I just think, if you're, what, 23, 24, and you can't just be stupid and say, no, I love you, I'm going you know, to chase you to the ends of the earth, when can you say it? You know, yeah. There's absolutely no reason for Pip and for Matthew now to say our careers absolutely come first they could have she could have gone with him somewhere and she could have you know started working on some farm because in the next 10 years she'll probably have kids he'll have kids you'll never be able to do it it shows you yeah. a boring couple they actually are to make <laughs> that decision at that age no seriously seriously I, I would want no part of somebody at the at that age that would say no, my career comes first. I've just left university 18 months ago and it's just like, no, because there is absolutely no point in your life can you ever make this decision ever again. So, but anyway, in terms of soapy tropiness, he's been set up to return once right. every Disruptive. three to five years. Right. You know, he'll be passing by Ambridge, she'll get a knickers in a flutter and that's just the way it's been set up. Ah, and that's yeah. just been totally telegraphed, Lucy. It's really, really disappointing, you know, for me that I'm good at all the anguish analysis, mm. but when it comes to sex, you knock me into a cocked hat. <laughs> it's nothing to that's do with not sex. Mixing the metaphors. It's nothing well, to do with sex, and I stuff. think it's everything to do with understanding how drama and long form drama is constructed you know do we actually care about matthew no we don't even particularly really like this new incarnation of pip she seems old beyond her years yeah however there is no way that you bring in a character like matthew and then chuck him out literally days after bringing him back not to have him as a recurring occasional character who will disrupt Pip's romantic life. That's the whole point of Matthew. Yeah. Pip is wedded to Brook to Brookfield. I was gonna say Brookside yeah. then. And Matthew was absolutely correct in, in that. Yeah. You know, but we've had major archers leave. You know, we've had Kenton go off for about ten years or whatever the heck it was. So it's not beyond precedent for a major archer to say you know what I'm in love with you I'm, go I'm going to follow you now I know a lot of our female listeners would say why does she have to follow him and and I kind of agree maybe Matthew should have said no Pip you know let's give it a go and you know and I'll uh, work close to Borsetshire I'll be in Birmingham or there's no farms in Birmingham but you know what I'm saying you know around, around <laughs> Felpersham whatever I'll whatever. go work in Costa Coffee in Birmingham and <laughs> I'll just hang around waiting <laughs> to be free <laughs> but you know I just think it's it's two young adults, it's young love, go for it. Because they both mm -hmm. said they actually, you know, loved each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as opposed to coming back when one of them saddled with kids and saying, I think I've made a mistake five yeah. years later down yeah, the line. Yeah, and that's when things get really yeah, messy. exactly, in destroying families. Yeah. Anyway, they're both bloody boring characters. So... Ah, <laughs> 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 <sighs> um... Honestly, Royfield, your voice sounds terrible. Does it? Yeah. Well, because I'm recording it at my end, let's hope. Oh, that... okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, next, Cat Brown. Ooh, who, love me, Cat. Even though she's on her honeymoon, mm -hmm. is able to ring in and have a moan about the archers, which is quite impressive, I think. Hello, Dum Dum. It's Cat Brown here. I have been silent for weeks, partly because I've not been listening for weeks. Yes, after many years, I finally, finally had enough and joined the ranks of the great... No, just not listening. 
God, I just said langs, didn't I? Well, part of the reason I don't speak is because I've been on honeymoon for three weeks in the US of A, but I couldn't quite resist uh, staying clear of the archers entirely, and so I have very much enjoyed listening to Dumpty Dum and listening also to, well, reading the excellent podcast roundups on the BBC app, and thank God for those, because tonight, which is Friday, I saw a suggestion of something good uh, through Twitter, Facebook and also the mini roundup suggesting that something good had happened with Helen and so I listened and oh my god I'm so glad I did apart from the fact that she has named her child actually quite a lovely name uh, John Anthony and then Jack um, it was just so lovely to listen to an episode of The Archers where I wasn't screaming at the radio going, but why? Why are you doing this? This is terrible. I mean, yeah, some people might go, oh my God, you're naming your kid after Tony, whatever. But uh, this was actually a delight. And it's also the last night of my honeymoon because I'm flying back to Blighty tomorrow. So I couldn't really imagine a better episode. And I might actually start listening again properly on Sunday. And if I hate it, I can always switch it off because I'll be so heavily jet lagged. Um, but yeah, th- these last few weeks have really just shown how brilliant it is really to have the Twitter community, to have the Dumdy Dum community on Facebook and also of course you guys in the podcast because uh, otherwise I'd have just been flapping around uh, dipping in and then instantly screaming and turning it off again. So hurrah for all of that and fingers crossed, fingers very much crossed that lovely things will once again incur in Ambridge although to be fair Pip's still there isn't she? So God. She likes the baby's name. She is very pleased and touched. And I think I was too, actually. I was totally touched, to be honest with you, even though I've taken the rip out of it. I think everybody everybody spotted John, Mm. that we were going to get John. Some people spotted Tony, um, but Jack was a bit of a wild card. But somebody, and it would be really helpful if I could remember who it was, got all three names. You should have put a bet on. Good grief. Yeah. Hmm. Talking about bets. You know, Leicester City won the uh, won the Premier League, 5,000 to 1. Yeah, Much I think... to everyone's astonishment, including theirs, yes. Yeah, yeah, 5,000 to 1. I was listening to um, a podcast just, just in the last week, Freakonomics, absolutely excellent. And it was, oh, yeah. it was about um, what was it really a 5,000 to 1 chance was fundamentally it. And they were saying, well... Um, it it wasn't, but it was just to show how how outlandish the chances of Leicester were, and I had to explain to an American audience, you know, relegation and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, the point of this all is, is that there's a guy who works for either the Economist or the or the New York Times, one or the other, a Leicester fan, who for the last twenty years has been doing guess what, Lucy, putting bets on them to win the win thing. whatever league that they're in. Oh. And, and he's just moved. He's just just been transferred to New York. Guess what he forgot to do this year? Oh no! Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh love the man. Oh, that's awful. He said because I've moved to the states, I just forgot to put it on. He says I always put on a tenner, right? Oh. And yeah, so he would have no. He puts on twenty pounds every year. So he would have won £100,000. And, and it was his 12-year-old son that says, Dad, come back January. I think we might have messed up here. Oh, no. And then he said, I'm no, you know, he says, even though I work for, I think it was The Economist, he says, even though I work for The Economist, I did the sums wrong and said I thought I'd only lost out on ten grand, but no, he'd lost out on hundred grand. Oh, no. Well, that's made me feel a bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> He oh. said, I've been doing this, doing these bets since 1996. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did laugh. <laughs> but he took it in good stead. Do you know what? I, th- this is my betting story now. My, mm. Yeah, my um, friend uh, in the uh, sort of late 80s was a foreign exchange dealer for a very large investment bank. Mm. And um, they had a, you know, like, they just you just have sort of runners that start off working on the foreign exchange desks and they just take messages and they're paid about 15 pounds a week but it's their sort of foot in the door sort of thing mm. and uh they all gave their money to him for the lo- they started doing the lottery when it started mm. and uh there were 16 of them they all gave him their money and he went off and put the bet on they had the same numbers every week um anyway one week they won uh they won us they won like five numbers or something a fairly substantial amount they didn't hear anything 
they didn't know who to ring and they didn't nobody rang them from the lottery because they're all ringing each other saying my god we've won we've won we've won and um anyway the kid turns up on monday morning comes breezing into the office and they all said so what's going on then and he said what do you mean and they said well we won <laughs> and he hadn't been he'd been collaring the t- 16 quid every every week since he'd started and it never ever crossed his mind that they might actually win <laughs> Oh dear! But he said, "I've never seen the colour drain out of literally <laughs> drain out of someone's face." I think he was about sixteen. This kid, anyway, he left and was never seen again. I think he's probably still having a group of testosterone fueled investment bankers running after him, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough lottery stories. Mm. Um, yokel bear. Hello, Dumb Stum, it's Yokel Bear here calling from Yokelshire. Um, just a bit of a ramble from me this week. Um, I'm calling in praise of people. Um, in praise of Johnny. I'm really getting to like Johnny. He's kind of the optimist that has balanced out the sheer bloody boring pessimism of Pat and Tony. Um yeah, I really like Johnny. I thought that was really sweet what he did with the um with the food awards and he seems to be somebody who kind of gently leads people into a better place mentally, I think. Um though I I really love the frustration he gets with where people just don't listen to him. Um that whole thing, you know, Tom was going, Yeah, but 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 and Johnny was just sat there going, But Tom, but Tom, I really do like Johnny. I've really warmed to him. He was a bit of a two dimensional character. I think he's being fleshed out. Could do with a love interest, I reckon. I think Johnny needs to get some. Um also as well, and I hate myself for saying this, but in praise of Peggy. Um she's been ace, hasn't she? She's just been brilliant. Um which kind of after balance gets the fact that she is a crabby old so-and-so a lot of the time. But, yeah, I really like the way she's been the centre. She's been kind of the linchpin, hasn't she? She's been holding the family together. And I think that's pretty good in terms of the archers. Because that's what it is. It's, it's, I've always said it's the women that hold this uh, village together. It's what they do and where they dig their heels in and where they decide... You know, things need to happen. Um, I really like the fact the Archers have got really strong women characters. Uh, Well, maybe not Pat at the moment, but, um, you know, there you go. But where I felt really short change this week was, where was the Grundy party? I wanted the Grundy party. I wanted to be at the Grundy party because you just knew it was going to be hilarious. And I love the Grundies. So I wanted an invite to their party. So, you know, bad move, script writers. Not very happy about that. Oh, God, we don't need another love interest for anybody, do we, Yokel Bear? Really? Um, but then that, that means... I can't think of anybody that's Johnny's age, apart from... Oh, what's her face who's studying for Oxford? Phoebe. Mm. And I can't really see them getting on thick and thin, really. Um, although I do like Johnny. He, is, he, is, he seems to, I mean, despite the irritating, ah, Cam's brilliant. He's kind of um, <laughs> just quite sweet. <laughs> to, be fair, quite to be fair to Johnny, he, he says, isn't farming brilliant? Yes. Because when David's talking about furrows or whatever, he says, that's excellent. You know, know. even David said, God, he's enthusiastic, wasn't he, last week? But, uh, yes, yes, I do like him, and I like the enthusiasm. But I'm not sure I can cope with another doomed relationship, really. Um, And, yes, Peggy is is really, really showing herself in the best light at the minute. Uh, She's, yeah, excellent. Excellent I'm, I'm to see. The, I'm on the Peggy train, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, as I said in my monologue, I was really annoyed that what sounded potentially to be one of the most enjoyable episodes we've had for ages, i.e. the Grundy party, mm. and it wasn't there. 
and we were faffing around having a cup of tea with Peggy in the mother and baby unit where we could have been dancing on the table with whoever it was. Fat but that's fat full. <laughs> so that's... Fat Fred. Oh, that table's got some sturdy legs. <laughs> Hi, it's Leslie Greaves here. I'm just ringing about the podcast talking about new Pip. She's a young woman. She's just left college. Can't she have a storyline of her own without who she's going to marry being the overriding arc of a story? She doesn't have to marry anybody. Obviously, she's going to have boyfriends, but uh, for goodness sake, she can have her own story. As for the other story, continuous whining is not drama. It's just tedious. So let's hope it finishes soon. Thanks for the podcast. Love it. Yes, I know. I know we're all marrying Pip off. And the poor girl's only about 12. And despite the fact she has the voice of someone said of a languid divorcee. But it's because as Archer's listeners, we do not do mindful meditation. We do not do stay in the moment. We do start worrying about what's coming down the tracks in six months time at the very least. And, and we all want to know what are we going to end up with in terms of... Um, you know, bastions of the farm for the next uh, decade, three decades. Um, God knows we put up with Ruth for long enough. <laughs> Who's next? That's what we want to know, you see. But yes, I know it's quite... But then, to be fair to us, we are also trying to marry off all the male characters. It's not just Pip we're trying to marry off. That's not true. You're not trying to marry off Josh. Well, he's... No, but he's showing no interest in anybody apart from his own apart wallet apart at the minute. chickens. Yeah, mm. yeah, marry a chicken, probably. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yes, I think I think we're just generally interested in anybody single because we know we're going to be hauled along after them like some knackered old trailer following a tractor while they have relationship bumps in the road, aren't we? Mm. Yes. It'd be interesting to see who Toby ends up with. He won't, yeah. will he? He'll just be a perennial kind of... Maybe he'll be the new Brian. Hmm. That's an interesting call. So who's the equivalent to Jennifer who's, like, knocking about? Mm. Oh, there's Lily. I've just thought for Johnny, I mean. Lily. Yeah, he's a little bit young right now, though, isn't she? Is she? I don't know. She's about 12 or 13. Oh, ugh, okay. Um, hmm. I can't think of anyone who's sort of contemporary with... Well, that's why they're. That's the problem, isn't it? That's why <clears throat> they're all bickering over Root, uh, over um, Pip. Mm. I mean, she ain't all that, is she? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that I just said that about someone on the radio. <laughs> she ain't all that. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't all that without actually knowing what she is, because I've never seen her because she's not real. But anyway, I tell, I tell you though. We do need to go on a little bit of... Um, we di I think the next editor coming in does need to remember that these characters are in their 20s and don't have um, responsibilities. Because if you yeah. remember, back 10 years ago, we had Ed yeah. and Fallon going in the off clubbing. And Jazza. Yeah, and yeah. Jazza going off clubbing. In the, po and, in the pond, yeah, leaping and, around. But being 20-year-olds, yeah. you know, being people yeah. without responsibilities, you're going oh. off to festivals, etc. Yeah. whereas Pip has just gone from university yeah. into middle-agedom. Yeah, yeah. But she's done like Shula, hasn't she? She hasn't had her rebellious... I mean, Shula's was a little bit, but, you know, so, so people like that tend to go a bit loopy later on, like uh, um, uh, Shula did with, uh, with Doki Loki. Mm. No, but Shula had a little. Oh, bit hang of a on, hang on, hang on. Go on. Docky Lockie's got a got a um, Alan teenage Frank's... daughter. Yes, yeah. Alan Frank's, but Alan Frank's daughter. She's it, older. She's, she's older. She's going to be in her mid twenties or something. Yeah. Another. And but you're right, Docky Lockie's daughter. She wouldn't touch Toby Fairbrother with a rubber glove, though, would she? No, no, no. But she's going to be Johnny, a little bit younger than Johnny, because aren't she just? finish school uh, uh, or yes, about yes, to yes, or something yeah. or another yeah well spotted mm. yeah we do we need a bit of frivolity don't we mm. young young irresponsibleness you know yeah. so that maybe we've just got a lot like you know kenton he's like granddad oh you know stop dancing like that grand you know it's kind of oh someone who, there's no genuine kind of youthful hijinks it's all older people trying to prove 
you know, being oh, he's such a bit of a he's a bit of a laugh, isn't he? Like you know, Rex and Kenton, and you think, oh, just stop <laughs> it, row up. I mean, Toby and Kenton. You mean Toby, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you made me just remember. Um, I was at this at this family wedding once. I was about twelve or thirteen, and um, I decided to uh, do a little bit of a teenage boy shuffle in the corner. And, uh, you know, very self-conscious, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying myself, but not too much because people yeah. might be looking at me Don't and, like, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. And my dad just walked up to me and he went, looked me up and down and went, son, you'll never dance as well as me. And just walked off. Oh! <laughs> Talk about giving a boy a complex. And I was waiting for him to turn around and go, no, 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 or some other line. No, never. He's, he was absolutely serious. But to be fair to him, Right, me, me dad is a bit of a groover. and he's going to say, he's a really good dancer, isn't he? Yeah, but I am better than him now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Lucy, I've put in the hours in front of the bedroom <laughs> mirror. I says, you know what, you old man, I'm going to take you down. <laughs> Your dad was like, a, he was like a bloody Roman emperor, wasn't he? He just kind of, you know, it's like Game of Thrones. Who did you be Game of Thrones? Well, he was, he's not dead yet. No, but I mean, when you were growing up. As soon as you're a threat to me, basically cut your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got like, all the sun's bits and pieces nailed to a wall somewhere? <laughs> like, nobody beats me. <laughs> well, he, one of his uh, favourite expressions when I was a teenager would be, there can't be two bulls in one pen. Uh, if I heard that once, I heard that a thousand times. So I, very perceptive of you yet again, Lucy V. Freeman. Well, at least he's honest about it. Mm. You know, because a, a lot of fathers and sons, you get this horrible kind of passive-aggressive fighting, which is just really damaging and unpleasant. At least he came out and said, look, mine's bigger than yours. There's an end of it. <laughs> and it's not the house. So, yeah. you know. Do you think that's what's going to happen with Josh and David? Because yes. there's, there's, there's something the, interesting that's, brewing that's up there, isn't it? Farming dynasty thing, isn't it? It's an anything dynasty. Mm. It's the new generation comes along and says, "Ha ha! Look at you, old man, doing it all wrong." Da 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 da. You know, we had it before. We had it with David and Phil. We had it with Phil and, and the person before Phil, whose name escapes me temporarily. Damn. And uh, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know. And I suppose it just ultimately makes for good drama. But in Captain America Civil War, T'Chaka and his dad, whose name I completely forget, they got on like house on fire. So you don't have to necessarily hate, you know, have to have that friction with your, with your air. No. And, but, but maybe... Anyway, I don't friction know. makes your air fall out. <laughs> Sorry. Silly woman. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, do you... <laughs> what was that? I said friction with your uh. <laughs> sorry, carry on. I'm sorry that we don't have your, you know, cut glass English pronunciation, <laughs> Freeman. No, I was doing a voiceover on Friday and I got told off for blasting the mic. Really? Yes, and I said, Roy Field never says I'm blasting the mic. And the engineer just looked at me. <laughs> And I thought, oh, I'll be quiet then. You know you just blasted the mic then when you laughed. Did I? Yeah. Oh, now, God. Some, some I did. I stop doing it. <laughs> Do you take my blasts out then? Uh, for the most part, you don't blast the mic. But you did then. You went all plosive and you could hear the actual, yeah. uh, your, he your said breath. I don't, he said, I don't pop it, I blast it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a Boise chat on a Saturday night, that, know, doesn't it, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't just pop it up, lost it, mate. Oh, Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, um, have we done Leslie then? We have. All right, then, smashing. Hi there, this is uh, Jojo Sexy Heels. Um, this was the week that Tom started to build bridges, um, albeit in his usual clumsy way. And I just wanted to say how happy I am that Tom and Jazza have made up. Um, we needed a bit of, of good news and the thought of Jazza being reunited with his girls really made my Sunday morning. Though I must say that Tom's response to Kirsty that he had loved her as much as he had loved Brenda had me absolutely cringing. 
and waiting for him to then tell Kirsty that her bum had looked big in her wedding dress. He really couldn't have gone it much more badly wrong. Um, I'm also not too sure about the choice of name chosen by you-know-who. Um, Gideon, really, the same as our current Chancellor? As I predicted um, on the Twitters um, last week, Helen has chosen to name her baby Jack. might not be what she's been named, but it's what she's going to call him. Um, much better choice, though. Having two granddads named Jack seemed very fortuitous, especially when you're scheming to ensure that your wealthy granny age 92 still leaves you provided for in the future. Hello, Lucy and Royfield and everyone. This is Vicky in Kenya. I'm sorry I haven't called for a while, but we've been up to our ears in school exams, my IB exams. My son just finished school last week, so that's quite a big moment. Um, And we've had lots of visitors. Anyway, I finally caught up with the archers and with Dumpty Dum. I've got some information, I think, for you. Um, Lucy, I can absolutely remember what you were saying about staying home from school sick and... That pro- watching that programme with my mum about all the ladies coming round to our house and I think it was called House Party and I was thinking about it I would love to find an episode of it now because I can only imagine how dated it would seem uh, Royfield, I can't remember why you wanted to know the price of flour in Kenya but the last lot I bought was 110 shillings which is about 75 pence I've never seen elderflower cordial here, sadly so I can't contribute to the great dum-de-dum international price index for elderflower cordial, um, which Nigel started last week. But we are coming home for a few weeks at the weekend, so I will be able to indulge myself in elderflower cordial and smoked haddock and Mr Kipling's cakes and all the things that we can't get here. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing... That we yeah. are sans emails this week. It's emails, you are correct. Oh, all right then. Let's quickly take five, come back the other side. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. After we've had a little bit of Millie and then after Millie, we'll touch on tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Anders Deutsche Volk. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, World War breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American presidents. 
the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day, everyone. First of all, a plea from me. Please, could you get involved in the forum? It's gone a little bit quiet lately. Um, Not really sure. Perhaps we're all recovering from the shock of every episode not being about Rob and Helen. But uh, jump on there, have your say, uh, and amuse me as you do. On our Facebook page, uh, we had a quick discussion about whether pheasants are afraid of fairies. Um, and Audrianne Delgado Covarrubia said, Do fairies like to shoot up drugs and leave their paraphernalia about as well as tagging their territory with spray paint? I never knew, <laughs> which took, tickled me somewhat. Uh, we also talked about uh, your wish. If there was one thing that you could do uh, to Ambridge, something you could put there, maybe a school or whatever, what would you choose? Heidi Griffith says, does anyone remember a series called Ever Decreasing Circles where there was a character who was very much like Linda, always organising everything, and then someone came to the cul-de-sac who could organise things better. That's what I'd like. That's the person I'd like to come to Ambridge. And if they were different again in some way, whether that be a different part of the UK or a different ethnicity, that would be even better. Jackie Reese said, I'm concerned the women in particular don't have enough exercise. Pilates or yoga in the village hall, outdoor boot camp on the green. It's happening everywhere. You look so why not in Ambridge? And it's good for the mind as well as the body. Oh, hang on. Kate will be doing some trendy ones soon, won't she? Helen Sanson, they should bring a park run to Barrow Farm and a speedy runner will find Stefan's remains and then it will all come out that Rob murdered him. Failing this, I think a free school sponsored by Justin and some new characters would be good. Or a GP practice had more staff than just Doc Lock. Rachel Kennedy said uh, the government says a school needs to have 120 pupils to be viable. Mm. There would have to be a few more birth scenes to get numbers up. Fair enough. Pam Wells says there is only one cat as far as I can tell. And I wonder how Patricia Gallimore feels about what they've done to her character. Pat Ra- Pete Ranson, sorry, Pete, uh, suggested a li- little or an Aldi. A passing topic for most middle-class dinner parties. Ooh, this antipasta is delicious, Shula. Oh, it's the new little on the outskirts of Falpersham. Their cold meats are surprisingly good. And Emma Grundy is on the checkout, etc., etc., etc. Leslie Greaves said it would have to be build some houses. This merry-go-round is ridiculous. Perhaps there would be some social housing included and we'd get more diverse characters. Great idea, Leslie. Uh, Glenn Parsons agrees, affordable housing for young people. And uh, Jenny Allen suggests that in real life, Ambridge, no one will be able to afford to live there on a teacher's salary. So teachers moving in are probably not the go. And But Fiona Griffin said the fact that there is no school and no social housing is about the most accurate thing about the Archers. Uh, Sarah Woods Rockall said, I'd re-erect the village stocks on the green and re-establish the witch drowning or burning, I'm not fussy, tradition. Paul Cock suggested the discovery of Europe's largest shale gas reserves underneath Ambridge would be welcome. Look, there's plenty more in that vein. You're all very, very inventive and some of you are funny and some of you are serious. And uh, I love you all. Uh, but please jump onto our Facebook page if you would like to get involved and be part of our discussion or indeed get onto our forum. Either way, we would love to see you there. Uh, look out for me. I do try to reply where I can. I'm Millie Bell and I will speak to you next week. Hooroo! Thank you, Millie Bell. That was awesome beyond belief. Love that. All right, um, Luce, hmm? as we're cracking on, why don't you hit us with some tweets, darling? Uh, Leonard Odyssean. 
I knew it would be a cesarean. Impossible to get the horns down the birth canal without. And <laughs> 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 that made me laugh and wince at the same time. Um, this is a tweet from BBC The Archers. Mm. Uh, for those wondering about the baby's name, Custody McCustardface has been suggested by <laughs> at Cordy59. We will send a note to the hospital. Um, Denise Tomlinson, shut your, shut your ears here, uh, Andrew Horn, because you won't like this. You can't help but smile every time Pip gets dumped, really, can you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zorro P. Freely, uh, banalist, said he did um, Helen deciding on the name I was going to name him by drawing Scrabble letters from a bag but I got Spoon <laughs> of Satan three times running <laughs> and uh, Tweet of the Week <laughs> this just really cracked me up I can't I'm not quite sure why but anyway Jackie Parry said I still can't tell the difference between Toby and Rex at least with Ant and Deck you can see them <laughs> <laughs> Toby's the one that's always on the left. <laughs> that's, the, that's how you tell them apart, love. <laughs> that just really made me laugh. Anyway, yes. That well done. <laughs> well done, you clever listener, you. Now, let's uh, quickly uh, speed on to the end of this wonderful show of Archer's Dumb because um, you've got uh, your luggage to pack or something, haven't you, Freeman? Yeah, and all your flatmates are going to wake up. Exactly. Something like that's going to happen. So, right, we've got a shop. Go to our shop. It's on dumdydum.com. There's a forum there. Dumdydum.com is the website. There you go. Thank you. Now, uh, there are a couple of ways you can help keep our little show on the road. Uh, in fact, there are two ways. Uh, you can help us by hitting the donate button on the website, which is dumdydum.com, or... You can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a share, which is about pound thirty. Remember to get in contact. You can do that by sending us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, or you can call us on 02030313105 leave us a message on a phone. On social media, specifically Twitter, we are at Dumpty Dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. I am... Uh, at Lucy V Freeman and Harriet is at Shambridges on the book of face uh, simply go on there and type in Dumpty Dum and you'll bump into a ridiculously vibrant page full of people commenting on whatever Millie Bell throws up there and that's most awesome Ah, and just before I forget um, please go on to iTunes show us a little bit of love there by writing us a review it's really important because it gets people uh, gets us more listeners onto our merry show so that's iTunes go write a review um, it's not the easiest thing to do but you're smart enough you'll figure it out <laughs> yes we're not pandering to technophobes here no <laughs> talking of that we had uh, somebody left us two, Bill somebody left us two messages on SpeakPipe both of which were completely incomprehensible there are a lot of bumping noises. So oh. either it was a double pocket dial mm-hmm. or he was trying to say something or maybe he was having a stroke. I'm not sure. But anyway, it didn't work, Bill. So if it was you and you wanted to say something, we didn't get it. So ring in again. Hmm. I hope he wasn't having a stroke. I know that would be bad, wouldn't it? Mm. Especially now I've said it out loud. Yes. <laughs> yes. You just popped again. Did I? Mm. Or blasted? Yeah, you know, you blasted. Yeah. Pop blast, pop blast, pop blast. Mm. It's funny, you can say blast without blasting and you can say pop without popping. <laughs> it's because you've got a pop filter. Ah, I need a blast filter. Mm. Was well, that like a windsock or something? No, when, if you need a blast filter, it's called just removing yourself three inches back from the mic. Oh, oh That's what okay. the blast filter is. And oh. then don't drop things either. Uh, sorry. You need a noise filter. Oh, no. <laughs> I need a me filter. Noise filter. I need a me filter. So basically, I need someone else to sit here. Then that would be better. Then nothing. Right. Wrong. Um, I was going to have um, a pleasant distraction about something on this week's episode, and I went to bed last night and couldn't remember what it was. And I'm darned if I can remember this morning. So on that note, I'm going to say goodbye, Lucy. Okay. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Goodbye, Lucy. (laughs) Have fun. Have a great weekend. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.